Hi everyone, this is Anthony Diaz with the Pop Health Show and this show is for anyone in the world that is interested in making other people healthier in the world, people that have a passion for health, a passion for making um, a difference in the lives of others through the context of health and well-being. I'm really enthused today to have Vincent Chu on the show. So Vincent is a partner at Initialized Capital. They vote with their dollars. They've been in investing and doing some really interesting things around health and well-being. Vincent uh, is really passionate about health, and so I'm excited that he has made time. I'm not going to steal his thunder. Vincent, welcome to the show. Thank you, Anthony. Great to have you. Or great to be on the show with you. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you for making time, and hopefully, would love to hear about your story. Right? You're, you're. I, I'm obsessed with words and stories, but I guess. You know, tell us a little bit about the series of events that you've gone through throughout your life that have that have led you to where you're at today. Tell us a little bit about your origin story. Yeah, I mean, I I guess you know I have a funny out of the way origin story around how I came to be in venture, but mm -hmm. um, you know, I think you know for me, I actually have a very personal story around this. Um, right before my freshman year in college, I actually got sick and. Mm you know, had to leave college uh, and take an entire year off. And I think for a young person, that is a very difficult experience to go through, mm -hmm. you know, where you're sort of in some sense ready and, you know, starting to come out into the world and, you know, go to college and looking forward to sort of the next chapter in your life. And instead of doing that, I found myself getting dragged back home, sitting, you know, more or less working a job, and um, making a little bit of money, but doing a lot of reading and just kind of waiting that year out as I recovered and then having to go back and do a second college experience, a second freshman, how, how you doing, who are you kind of experience. And so, you know, I think that, you know, started me off um, thinking a little more seriously about what I wanted to do with my own life. And, you know, I think I went to college like, you know, many kids uh, going, you know, I'm going to be pre-med and be a doctor and actually began really pursuing other passions of mine, which, you know, at the time was physics. And I switched majors and studied, you know, sort of in some sense, a useless degree. I think even my parents asked me a little bit, well, if you're, if you're not going to be a lawyer, you're not going to be a doctor, you're not going to be an engineer, what are you going to be? Mm -hmm. um, and I, you know, I basically said, I'll just figure it out. Um, <laughs> you know, and I, you know, after college, I spent a year as a management consultant, uh, which, you know, gave me a lot of exposure uh, to different industries. Um, but I think I came back to my true passion, which was actually physics. You know, I spent, you know, five years after that in graduate school getting my PhD. And, you know, but, you know, I found a way in graduate school to really combine uh, sort of uh, my love of physics with things that, you know, I think are useful to me today in investing in healthcare. Namely, you know, I focus primarily on biophysics, which gave me a lot of exposure to genomics and genetics and biology, as well as a lot of basic physics. So, you know, I have, you know, sort of a broad background of science and technology that I use every day in, in investing today. And, you know, fast forward after graduate school, I spent a few years as a software engineer, actually working with uh, Gary Tan, who was the founder and managing director of Initialized Capital. 
he and I worked together on his first startup and you know that's when we began working together and uh, started sort of a professional and a friendship a professional relationship and a friendship that lasts today and you know when you know when Gary was starting the fund he actually asked me if uh, I would be interested in kind of getting the band back together <laughs> and, you know I'm actually here now uh, investing and working with some of the best minds in in technology and you know we've been I think you know very forward-thinking fund in sort of understanding and thinking about how technology begins to change not just sort of consumer apps or SaaS, but really how technology makes a broad impact on all of our lives through different products and services in the healthcare space. Mm. Mm. Yeah, no, uh, Vincent, this is this is really interesting, and so so really interesting to hear about you know your background, what you went through in college, and, and what you focused on. Um, I think on the physics end, I, I'm actually really fascinated. I wish I was would have gone a lot deeper on physics because it's almost like everything you do in business, whether it's technology or business or funnels or sales, everything is all related to physics if you can just break down the math to it, right? Yeah. And you know, everything's funnels, right? Even the innovation, even the product development, even closing deals, um, you know, it's all, it's all physics. But um, it's really exciting about, you know, hearing also about your background and how you collaborated with, with Gary and worked with him in the past and now, yeah, you guys are doing some phenomenal things at Initialize. Um, love to hear about maybe some of the spaces you guys are looking at, have invested in, why you're looking at these spaces, you know, anything that related is related to or touches health. Just love to hear more about what you guys are up to. Yeah, so I think, you know, very broadly, um, I think what we're seeing is a lot of the tools and techniques that have been, you know, mastered in building consumer-facing apps, a lot of that discipline is now finding its way out into other fields, and in particular in healthcare. And I think we're starting to see the rise of companies that are in some sense, you know, have half of their, you know, one foot in the technology world. They're the best product people, they're the best software engineers, you know, they're really best in class when it comes to building software. Mm -hmm. And the other half, the other foot, is kind of in the healthcare world, where you know they're they're trying to figure out a different way to do, uh, to to bring healthcare either to the masses or to reform an industry which I think traditionally has been you know really really hard to to change, and you know in a way they're they're having to master two disciplines and you know very very you know very different cultures almost. Mm -hmm. uh, tech is about you know, fast iteration, moving quickly, shipping product very fast. It's almost like jazz. It's it's very improvisational. And healthcare is about it's it's a little more of a conservative field, and for good reason. I don't I don't you know I don't mean this as a as a dig on on the healthcare industry at all. Right. When you're dealing with people's uh, well being and with their their lives in some cases, you really have to be careful and considered. And I think mm -hmm. what's very interesting is that we have a few companies in our own portfolio which are doing this. And, you know, for instance, one of them is Bodyport, mm -hmm. uh, you know, which is they're building a next generation cellular enabled scale that detects the onset of cardiovascular failure and heart disease um, through sensors that can intelligently detect ejection volume and electrolyte balance. Mm. 
And I think, you know, the, the interesting thing about how they've gone to market is that there's been, you know, in the last several years, a great focus on sort of rather moving away from a traditional fee for service model where it almost in some senses incentivizes sickness because that's how doctors get paid to a more holistic model where doctors are paid for things that they don't do. For instance, preventing the readmission of a patient with heart failure, heart failure into the hospital again. And I think the numbers here are staggering. Each readmission of a heart failure patient is you know, gonna cost the health, uh, health system something like $16,000 uh, just for that secondary readmission, mm-hmm. and, you know, heart failures, you know, heart disease is you know one of the most prevalent diseases in you know the United States and and quite frankly the world, you know, and and every person that gets heart failure is very likely to to be admitted into the hospital. So what Bodyport is doing is the scale actually detects when a person is going to go into heart failure, and hopefully at that point because the scale is internet connected, has a direct line to their care team. They can be, you know, they, the care team can pre- uh, can take preventative action that ultimately actually results in the patient not having to enter the hospital. Hmm. And I think the impact on patient well-being there is is immense. You know, if you can prevent, you know, patients from going into the hospital from having another event, not only are they healthier but they probably avoid all sorts of secondary things like getting an infection in the hospital or getting even sicker in the hospital uh, or having to just you know deal honestly with with the stress and and the pain of having to to have you know have their lives disrupted I that's love. yeah that's one of the 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 companies that we're really really excited about Mm, and you know, so you're, you're also, yeah, no, that's a really interesting company. Um, and, and I've been following a little bit, uh, uh, you know, about them. Um, tell me a little bit about some other ones, you know, so that, so you guys got some powerful gems in your portfolio. Yeah. I just love to hear about a few more. Yeah. So there's, we have another company called data driven bioscience. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a, a cancer genomics company. Um, the founder uh, is this hematologist oncologist out of Duke University. He's a professor of medicine. His name is Sandeep Dave. Um, and this was actually built on a lot of the research that he did. Uh, he collected tons of patient samples from people who are suffering from lymphoma. Uh, he sequenced those cancers and he has a very deep understanding of the cancers from a genetic basis what specific mutations have happened in this particular subtype of lymphoma that causes these patient outcomes? Does it make the, does it make the patient more or less likely to survive? Um, what subtypes of cancer is it? What, what drugs can be used to treat it? And uh, when, you know, and what they've done is they've combined next generation sequencing and biopsy tissue so that any patient that has suspected cancer can get the same sequencing and they'll go back into their data set and figure out what cohort of their of their patients have cancers that are most similar to your patient and allow the physician sort of greater insight into how that patient might progress and what their path might look like and what their treatment options should be. So they're really getting a very deep understanding of, of cancer at a genetic level which is something that I think many people have talked about ever since the onset of, 
of sort of the human genome project and ever since next generation sequencing began uh, becoming more and more ubiquitous but he's among the first entrepreneurs and as a physician scientist he's you know really well suited to tackle this mm. yeah interesting interesting yeah and and um super intricate you know work there and i guess the the interesting part is that there's an opportunity to commercialize this work and kind of get it get it out there you know so it can really be solutioned you know i don't know how many times you hear about breakthrough innovations in in genomics or cancer or oncology and it just it's still locked behind you know uh analysis or good idea stage right and it doesn't really have legs behind it to get it out to the masses so yeah glad to see you guys supporting it right and, and structuring um you know a structure that can get this out um i think what's interesting there actually is that um you know the tools to do next generation sequencing are becoming more and more ubiquitous i mm -hmm. think you know more and more pretty much every single larger uh research oriented hospital in most every single major city new york la san francisco uh, the Mayo Clinic, um, Atlanta, all these, you know, sort of hospitals that are, are maybe sort of in the top tier, but still relatively common, will have a next generation sequencing machine. Uh, but what they won't have is a cancer biologist or a bioinformatician who is skilled at interpreting all this genomic data. So what what next or what DDB is doing is they're essentially offering a bioinformatician on the cloud. Mm -hmm. The genomic sequence, the genomic data is actually sent to their servers and they interpret it on the cloud and return uh, clinical information back to the physician in a way that is actionable, uh, actionable to that, uh, to the physician in a language that, that he or she understands. It's mm -hmm. not just the raw reads, it's actually very actionable clinical information. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I think I think it's, yeah, it's super fascinating. I, I guess, you know, the opportunity to see this out to the masses and, you know, making an impact in society, um, you know, it's it's happening, it's slated to happen, right? And so it's it's gotta be just super exciting and it's gonna be fulfilling, you know, to see innovations like this get out more. Um, I think there's some other companies, right? You guys are, are doing like on the, um, like on demand, you know, pharmaceutical delivery side, you guys are doing some interesting stuff with like capacity with like, um, like Papa, right? Like elderly. Yes. Um, and so just love to hear more about, about, about those spaces as well and how you guys are thinking about those spaces. Yeah. I think, you know, obviously in the last, again, and just in the last several years, there's been mm -hmm. a great. Uh, focus on the social determinants of health. Mm -hmm. This is uh, an interesting idea that, that you know, in some senses is very obvious. Um, but how how people feel health-wise is far is a far greater question than 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 what are you acutely suffering from? Right. What disease do you have? And and people's health actually have you know, have a much broader, you know, set of, of inputs. And, and a lot of them are actually just the basics, like how happy do you feel? How connected to your community do you feel? Mm -hmm. uh, what was the last time that, that, that someone came and talked to you or, or how food insecure are you? Right. And, 
you know, here in this in this in this uh, in this segment, we actually have, you know, sort of a broad theme that we've been calling elder tech, and we have a number of portfolio companies that that are working in this field. Uh, Appa is a very interesting one. Uh, it's a company uh, that focuses, in some sense, on on grandkids on demand. Mm-hmm. Really trying to fill the niche of how do you get companionship uh, for for seniors and for 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 our elders, and how do you make them feel more connected? And I think you'll see that um, as they as they begin um, deploying, you know, it's really a way to deploy uh, sort of one of the key inputs into health into at scale. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you match the elderly with, uh, you know, with college kids or people that have a little more free time that would like to spend more time with the elderly? And, you know, this isn't just, I think, also a feel-good story either. I think, you know, with the broad-based acceptance and recognition of the social determinants of health, you know, the, the, this is good business as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, there's no, you know, there's no doubt that if you can spend a dollar uh, in terms of companionship and save five to ten dollars in terms of an early hospitalization, or you know, maybe being able to to observe somebody and prevent a fall by understanding how they walk before they even begin to to deteriorate too far, I think you know. Insurance companies are, are very, very interested in this, and, and not just the insurance companies as well. I think, you know, Medicare and CMS, um, you know, are, are very forward thinking on this. They've made a lot of uh, signs and signals that they are willing to reimburse for the for these kinds of services, mm. which creates a very, very enormous business case for this. Uh, you know, Medicare, I believe, at the last, uh, you know, accounted for, you know, some $600 million of spending in healthcare alone. Which is mm-hmm. an enormous part of, of of spending in 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 the United States. It's just a huge amount of our economy. Um, other portfolio companies here. We have another portfolio company called Voyage, uh, which is actually just an autonomous taxi company in in reti- in retirement communities. And again, it's 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 on this theme of preserving mobility, preserving independence for seniors, and allowing them to live longer on their own, get out at night, um, get out during the day, do some shopping, even if they can't drive or, or they're feeling uh, uncomfortable about their ability to drive, how can mm-hmm. seniors in their homes for longer and living more independently and sort of just delaying uh, sort of their, their, their transition to a more managed care facility. And you know, it, sometimes it's not it's not even about that. Sometimes you know, the seniors, you know, they just want to go out and get a drink with their friends, even if they can, even if they can, uh, happy to drive themselves. <laughs> right. They just don't want that want the hassle. Yeah, yeah. You know what's interesting, Vince? So, um, so it's exciting, right? You know, it, it's it's interesting that you guys, as in investors, um, a lot of investors look at that segment. They're like, ah. Not, not that it's not cool, it's not sexy, but I will tell you that I grew up in kind of like this nursing home, right, type setting where I didn't grow up necessarily in the nursing home, but my dad was a dietitian and the chef cooking for this nursing home in Brooklyn, right? And I just learned at a very early age, the, the I saw my dad, you know, hey, this is a population that um, they look like they can't do a lot, but they, they have so many stories. And so he would bring me in and I'd listen to the elderly you know, people in the nursing home 
uh, tell these stories and you know a lot of them are very fragile but they needed that companionship and my dad would love to take me around and just let me hang out with these um, with these people just to kind of listen to their stories bring them joy then he would tell me like hey your presence there just as like this seven eight year old kid you know brings them so much joy and it's just it's it's exciting to see that you guys are investing in these spaces obviously huge economic benefit but just huge societal benefit and just you know yeah. unlocking um like this bottom Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? That that return to being elderly of companionship, of shelter, food insecurity, and just connection. And it's so important. These are people that we were standing on their shoulders. Our society is standing on the shoulders of their hard work, but yet somehow they're they're, they're forgotten. So anyway, I just wanted to add to that that you know it's it's just exciting that you guys have these innovations. When I saw the, the news article for Papa, I was, my wife and I at a dinner table were just like this is super cool. Like if I'm an elderly person, like I want to be on Papa, like I want to give back and tell stories to, to kids and help, yeah. help them out, you know? So. And it's something I think that, you know, you know, maybe in an older, older generations had the experience of living in a multi-generational uh, uh, household, but is very difficult in our, in our modern age, just because mm -hmm. families are smaller these days. Uh, they're more dispersed. And, you know, some of that, you can argue was you know lost too early but right you know i think we're finding a new way through technology to help encourage a lot more of these interactions right right no no absolutely and it, i mean and the stuff is that you guys are doing it's paving the way for an interesting future so the combinations of these these types of new services are eventually going to start colliding right and could be clustered or bundled in some interesting ways um, let me ask you about more future focus. Um, tell me your vision about health, the way you see health manifesting over the over the next like 10, 20 years. Tell me the uh, the vision of of, of health uh, according to Vince. Yeah. Well, I think first and foremost, I think you will see more and more of these technologies, whether it's uh, connected devices in the home, whether it's next generation sequencing really coming out into the forefront. I think mm -hmm. you'll see more and more of these technologies, which were, you know, maybe science fiction uh, 20 years ago or sort of wonky today, becoming just a daily part of our lives. Um, right. You know, and, and that can vary whether or not it's, um, you know, something like what DDB is doing, which is, you know, next generation sequencing of, of cancers or something as simple as a scale, which can, can also measure different uh, cardiovascular outputs. I think you'll see these things come into the home. Um, I think you'll see a lot of pharma companies begin to develop drugs around the availability of connected devices. Um, mm. You know, they'll, they'll begin, for instance, you know, a diabetes, uh, a, a patient suffering from diabetes, you know, a drug that can, you know, like insulin that can be administered uh, just basically based on real-time data coming from a connected sensor or whether it's, you know, monitoring how you walk uh, your gait in the, you know, for, a, for an elderly population and, and, and using much more of that data to inform the care team. I think you'll see that for sure. And I think, um, you know, Medicare has even opened up uh, reimbursement for remote monitoring. And I think that'll just become ubiquitous. Um, Mm -hmm. I think, you know, we didn't get a chance to talk about this a lot, but, you know, we have uh, companies like Roe who are doing telehealth. I think you'll start seeing a lot of space um, opening up in the telehealth 
where you know doctors and patients can interact uh, independent of an in-person visit. Maybe right. the visit will be over the phone. Maybe the visit will be over a video chat or something as simple as texting back and forth. I think there's a lot of room for healthcare to be delivered uh, in a in a broader set of settings, and I think companies like Row are poised to 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 expand very rapidly in that field. Um, they're basically offering a lot of healthcare services now um, for both men and women uh, mm-hmm. the health uh, setting. And I think after that, you'll see things like TruePill, uh, which is an API-based pharmacy uh, arising to sort of serve the needs of a next generation of telehealth providers. Mm-hmm. Um, if everything sort of in a more tech-native way, you're going to need to see large uh, segments of sort of the, the healthcare provider or the healthcare vendor space moving into a tech-native way as well. And TruePill is one of those uh, companies that we're really, really excited about. I love it. I love it. Yeah, no, it definitely, you know, seems like, you know, these, these, uh, these areas and and these innovations that you guys are investing in are really paving the way for some, some great possibilities, Um, you know, on the tech enablement side, logistics side, you know, capturing, you know, um, you know, removing waste also from the process. I think that's the big common theme about all of these innovations and their respective areas are cutting out so many extra, you know, um, you know, to come back full circle, you know, just improving the physics of delivery and, and of the service as well and optimizing. So it's fascinating. And uh, on the note of coming full circle, I, I've got one more question for you. Um, but I guess before I ask it is, uh, what's a good way for our listeners to get in touch with you or interact with you online if you would like them to do so? Yeah, well, I have a Twitter account. Um, it is at Vincent Chu um, on Twitter. Uh, the company itself is at Initialized, and uh, we are um, we are also at Initialized.com. Awesome. Awesome, Vince. And um, so we'll definitely link to that in the show notes. And my last question for you is more about personal well-being. Um, you know, so I appreciate your, your story about at the beginning, you know, telling us of what happened in college and how you had to overcome that. But you see a lot uh, in health and wellness. What's one or two things that really work for you these days from a morning routine or daily routine or weekly routine standpoint that really keeps your engine going these days? Well, I try to sleep, you know, generally about seven hours a night, um, mm-hmm. sometimes more, sometimes less. But I also try to get you know, a lot of exercise, even if it's just, you know, jogging for or taking a longer run on the weekends. I try to run several times a week, mm-hmm. um, you know, stay active. Um, you know, I, I, I try to climb a lot, um, both here in the gym, but also out in Yosemite and in the High Sierra, something that's been a passion of mine mm. uh, since high school. And, you know, I think that really helps keep me grounded. Um, and that, that's sort of uh, been something that's been good for my own physical and mental health, I think, just to mm-hmm. stay active. I love it. I love it. Uh, I haven't tried the climbing, but uh, I mean, you're inspiring me for sure. Um, well, there's, there's a lot of great climbing in New York, uh, uh-huh. up and down the Eastern Seaboard. I miss it all the time. Oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah, I have to I'll have to look into it and then get my wife's permission to do so. Of course. So, <laughs> but uh, uh, Vince. Uh, uh, so first of all, thank you for making time. This was powerful. It was great for you to share your your story with us. Our listeners out there, this is the Pop Health Show, and the show is for anyone that has a strong passion for making people healthier in this world. 
Vince, again, thank you so much for sharing what you're excited about in this space, what's going on, what you guys have done. Really super uh, fascinating to see these things come to fruition. And thank you for making time. Thank you, Anthony. I appreciate it. Thanks so much. Much appreciated.